Hey, this is Matt McCool here, one of the lead pastors at Takeover Church, and we are so excited that you are listening to this message today. We hope it encourages you. We hope it blesses you. We hope it challenges you to continue on in this journey of faith of following Jesus. And we want to let you know we also have services every single Sunday at 5 p.m., complete with Takeover Kids and a free cafe. It's a good time. We want to invite you and your friends and your family all on out on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Thanks again for listening to this message. Hope you have a great day. How are you guys doing tonight? How good was that worship set? Come on. What a time to be alive, man. I am so excited to be in church tonight again. I said at the beginning of the service that you scooted in before that. I truly believe that holidays are something special here at Takeover Church. Whether it's Mother's Day or Father's Day or Memorial Day or heck, even Labor Day, or Shots Fire. People will find a reason not to be a church fan. For those who find a reason to be in church, called the Holy Spirit, called the power and presence of God, you are going to leave with something imparted and planted on the inside of you, and I believe God has already started. Do you feel it tonight? Man, I am so excited to continue our series, Dead or Alive. We just turned to your neighbor, Dead or Alive. Just get real friendly. Get real friendly. Hey, like you're dead or alive. Uh, but yes, tonight we're continuing our series, Dead or Alive. Before we go any further, I do want to take a moment. I think you said it uh, during prayer and praise and, and everything else, but Memorial Day is awesome. And we love it. And it is not missed on us in the midst of the craziness that is the world in America of 2019. It is not missed on us that men and women both have gone before us and served and given everything so that we can experience freedom of liberty that we do have here in America. So we don't take the fact that we can worship lightly. Yeah, you can clap. Make some noise for them. Yes. So to the men and women who have served and are serving that we know and love, we just want to say thank you. Take us to grace. More noise for them. It's not political. It's about people. And that's what it's about here at Take Over Church. Sound good? Yeah. Awesome. Man. We're excited. So right now, dead or alive, it is week four. And for me, I was like, I don't know about you, but in the middle of that worship set, I think it was a song, I belong to you, if I can just do a big candle real quick. Um, no, it was Heroes of Heaven, it was Heroes of Heaven. And I just felt the Holy Spirit saying, he was like, Matt, in this right now, this week, in your life, if you are not losing your ever-loving mind in worship because of how good I've been to you, you are missing the picture. So I don't know about you, but I had the time of my life worshiping tonight because I needed it. Because my God came through this week. I had some breakthrough happen. I've had some protection happen. And my God was faithful to me in my home. Do you believe it? So I don't know what your story is, what your week has looked like. But I want us to always come with that mindset. We're going to go into worship as a matter of reading. Doesn't matter whether we got keys or two guitars, doesn't matter whether the drums are loud or quiet, doesn't matter if we don't know the songs or what it is, we are going to worship our ever loving mind out because our God has been faithful and He will continue to be faithful. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Woo! Tonight, Dead or Alive, not the Bon Jovi song, because it's 2019. Nobody listens to Bon Jovi. Kidding. I'm kidding. I got to get some of my shots in the Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi, if you listen to the podcast, we love you. Next time you're great, guys, come to church, 5 p.m., 1534 Kalamazoo. I'll give you free coffee. Oh. Bon Jovi, come to church, and you great. Dude, this is a serious one. Dead or alive. Total dedicated to you. I got problems. I should quit. 
Um, but yeah, so week four, then we're live. If you missed it the other weeks, check them out on the podcast. I'm not going to uh, reiterate them for you, but man, they were awesome. Those were incredible th- uh, three weeks. Were they not? Had they not been good? Oh man, it was so good. And I got to tell you, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about this house. I don't know what it is about Adrian and myself. I don't know what it is about the heart soul takeover or what we decided to do and the, and the hill and the mountain that we decided to die on here in Grand But God has been faithful to this home time and time again. Every single service, he just shows up and he shows out and he shows off in our situation in the middle of this room. And I don't know what it is, but for the last few weeks, I have felt myself shook. I have felt myself stirred. And I have felt a greater spark of the flame on the inside of me. Has anybody else felt shook the last three weeks? Come on. So I want to continue that. I want to continue that. My prayer tonight is that you and I will be with greater understanding of what God's called for us to be right now, better alive in the series of the resurrection life. We were following up Easter, talking about how Easter is not a one and done thing on that Sunday, but the resurrection life is available to us every single day of our lives. Come on. So I want to feel shook. I want to feel stirred. I want to be more stoked to what God is doing. I want a greater hunger and a greater passion, a greater urgency to what Jesus Christ died on the cross for, which is Grand Rapid City. Amen? Yeah. Now you can take notes from my note takers app. Go tell me they're all on vacation. Okay, hello, there it is. You take notes and I title the message is this. I kind of got two of them. I know. I'm pulling out all the stops. I got two titles. They call me two titles. I got two titles. So, uh, stupid joke. Stupid joke. I got two titles. First one is prison days. Write that down. And then you can even like hyphenate that and say, walk it out. Prison days, walk it out. And after you get done writing that down, would you just turn to your neighbor and ask them, have you ever felt like you've been in some prison days? Come on. Tell the truth and shake the devil tonight. Let's go. All right. And tonight, um, I was telling the team before service, if you serve here, you know this, but if you don't serve yet, I want to encourage you to serve. If, uh, um, you are talking about before, I was like, man, I... We're on week four of Dead or Alive, but I really feel like God's stirring me. And I feel like maybe i got a week five. Maybe it's a week five uh, that God has another word for us tonight. And, and, and I'm stoked about it. I'm excited about it. But God gave me this word specifically tonight. And so my prayer and, and my urgency tonight is that if we're going to end this series, or maybe it's going to continue, whatever we decide to do after this night, the most appropriate way to wrap up the series, dead or alive, where we looked at holiness and how it still matters to God, where we looked at, because Scott preached so good that the story ain't over. Come on. Yes. And then we had new God flow last week. Come on. I believe tonight that prison days walking out is going to continue to change lives. There's no other way, no other place to start than the book of Acts. Are you all ready? Yeah. Can we look at what the early church did? Come on. So we're going out to the book of Acts, man. We are seeing the early church where they are walking out their assignment, where they are walking out the call of God in their life, where they are walking out and actually believing that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, but we can do what he says we can do. And the early church, their fruit shows that. Their life speaks to that. The testaments and scriptures speak to what they did when they began to believe and initiate the word of God and go, God, you are who you say you are, Jesus. You are who you say you are. The cross means what it professes, that it is done, it is finished. If you said it, I can do it. The early church believed it, and I want us to believe it tonight. Does that sound good? Yeah, yeah. yeah the old one. 
shouting out here already. Okay, you got your Bibles tonight. Have you got a Bible in the house? Six of us. We've got a Bible app. Light it up. Show it up. Let the fireflies go. I love it. Okay. Check it out. Acts 16, 25 through 34. I am probably going to ESV tonight. Uh, but if you want your minds blown, check it out in the message. Check it out. Uh, but tonight, y'all ready for the word? Yeah. All right. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately, all the doors were open. Everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw the, the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer called for the lights and rushed in, trembling with fear, and fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. You and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and, all, and to all those who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all of his family. Then he brought them into his house, set food before them, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. Come on, is that not good? Yeah. All right. Now I'm going to pray real quick and then we'll see what God has for us. Jesus, we just thank you so much for the time. We do, God. God, we thank you for the privilege it is that we get to be here on Sunday night and grab in the great country of the United States, God. We just thank you again for all the men and women who serve. We just thank you again, God, for the plan and the purposes that you have for this place, God. No matter the opinion or the thoughts or the media outlets and the loud voices, God, you still have a plan for this great country. And so we just thank you, God, that we're going to see Christians rise up, a lot of them out of takeover church. And we're going to begin to sow into this place. We're not going to hate this place and despair this place and want to leave this place. No, God, we are going to sow into this place, plant ourselves here, God, and we are going to see your will come about, beginning here in Grand Rapids and then throughout the rest of the country, God. So we just thank you, Jesus, for what you're going to do tonight. We ask that in the next few moments, God, you would begin to open minds and open hearts and begin to awaken spirits, God, to your plan for them. Jesus, I just feel it tonight. And God, we just ask that you would do what only you can do in and through the scriptures. In Jesus' by the name of Faithfield Church said, Amen. Amen. Come on. So I am, I'm ready to go. I don't know about you. I don't even believe. I'm being ready to see what God wants to do tonight. I, I feel like that worship set was amazing. And this word that he gave me tonight, I feel like I have an assignment. So I'm going to preach it how I feel. We're going to go for it. And we're going to believe our God and do some great things. That sounds good. Fantastic. So here we are. The book of Acts. I love it. Some of us, we might have, uh, I think, a while back, we might have uh, touched on the piece of scripture before. It might have just been the beginning of the service, but there is something so incredible that happens here in the book of Acts. Because the book of Acts, right here, we see Paul and Silas, two OGs for the young people and for the older people in town. They were pioneers of the local church, and they were amazing. <laughs> hey, you're young? OG. Yeah. You're slightly older than me. Pioneer. Good. But they pioneered the local church. Paul and Silas are two of the guys that are actually mostly responsible for what we believe and how we do church today. So here are Paul and Silas. Right before this moment happens, right before the midnight hour happens, right before they are locked up, Paul and Silas were doing before we see 
this extraordinary story takes place. Paul and Silas were out and about doing ordinary things that Christians used to do back in those days. The ordinary things that should be ordinary for the Christian life, such as, you might ask, liberating captives, setting the oppressed free, laying hands and healing the sick, calling blind people to see, calling deaf people to hear, seeing cancer defeated in the name of Jesus, seeing life and resurrection, life come about in people's life, living life and life to the full, what the Greek calls the Zoe life. This is what Paul and Silas in the early church not only believed, as we believe in them, but what they experienced in their day. Kind of like last week when we talked about being a new creation. What if? What if we took God at his word? What if we got back to those days? What if we got past our natural limitations and we chose to step into the supernatural word of God and believe it for what it says? Maybe touch out our hands and try to heal our baby. Maybe step out of the grocery store and pray for somebody. Maybe we start living this thing called a resurrection life where resurrection life is available to us every day. It's Paul and Silas. Pioneering, pioneering, setting up the local church. And they're just out here doing this ordinary thing and this extraordinary service for them. And they come across this woman. This woman is a fortune teller. Okay? She's a fortune teller. She is a few cards short of an air deck, if you know what I'm saying. But she is a fortune teller. I think I had a bit of this character. She is a fortune teller going around. And she had a couple things going on with that. That she was young, she was a fortune teller, and it also says she was demon possessed. Oh man, you said that she had two things going really bad for her. How does it get any worse than being demon possessed? Because she was actually demon property. This young woman wasn't just a fortune teller. She didn't just have demon oppression in her life. She wasn't only influenced by spirits that come from hell. She was actually owned by other human beings before, by two low-life scumbags who are taking advantage of her for the fact that she is out of her mind, under oppression, has no idea what is happening, and they use her as a beating woman. So what are Paul and Silas doing? They're on their way somewhere, they're walking, they're being Jesus in the middle of the broad daylight. They're doing what they're called to do. They are bringing freedom and liberation to those they pass. They come across this girl. Clearly something's wrong. Clearly something's going on. And it says that Paul gets so annoyed by the demon that he rebukes her. He sets her free from the demon possession. She gets freedom and liberation which she encounters. Yes, he is called the Apostle Paul, but before he was the Apostle Paul, he was the murderer, Saul, and he has a history and a past, just like you and I have a history and a past, and his future was an Apostle, was the same, was a Jesus follower, endowed with every gift and talent underneath the Son of Jesus Christ. Amen? So just like you and me, Paul answered the call of God in his life. Because of that, because he believed the word of God, because he believed his experience. That's crazy to me, okay? We live in a time and culture where Christians are actually debating whether they actually experienced what they experienced with Jesus before. But here you have Paul and you have Silas, and they go, you know what? I believe that experience that I have with Jesus. I believe I was blind for a minute, and the Holy Spirit came to me and knocked me off my donkey. 
opened up my eyes to see. I believe the experience that I had. More than that, I believe that Jesus Christ said on the cross, I believe he was the Son of God. I believe he was the cross. And I believe he has a plan for all people at all costs to get the gospel out. They believe these things. And it was because of that belief that they were compelled. They were motivated. They had everything other than that they felt stirred, shook, and ready to go to walk it out. The resurrection of life, because they chose to be obedient to the word of God, to the experiences they have with Jesus, the real freedom, the tangible freedom that they have through Jesus, causes the symptoms of real freedom. And what happens? She gets free, she experiences liberation, and she goes on her way to live out her God-given, Holy Spirit-inspired, Christ-given, omniscient Christian life. But what about the guys at home? Maybe you guys fight all the time. Maybe it's nothing 
But fight made you feel like it is nonstop, drag out, knockdown, brawl. First it started with sparring, but now you feel like you were up against the ropes, just getting gutted by your partner. And it has turned into a full on melee in your home. Maybe that's your prison. And maybe you're at the point here tonight where you feel like the only way out is over. Maybe your prison tonight is Maybe, much like myself, you at some point in your life have experienced some sort of deep trauma that is inexplicable, that is unexplainable, that shouldn't have happened, that should never be wished on, and that should have never have came to your life. And maybe you have a hard time waking up each day. Maybe you have a hard time believing for a future that God has for you. Maybe you wake up each day thinking this might be your last day. Or depression. Maybe you feel like you're in a four by eight cell of depression. Maybe you can't even begin to take a fresh breath of air without trembling, without being scared of something, without being worried or anxious about something. Maybe you've tried it all. Meditation, self help books, funky Buddha hot house. Maybe you try it all. Really, you can have the past. You cannot escape this prison depression. Maybe that's the prison you find yourself in tonight. I don't know if your prison is literal, if it's figurative, if it's financial, if it's spiritual, if it's emotional, but I do know tonight whether it's your marriage, whether it's your mind, whether it's your heart, whatever it is that you find yourself trapped by, unable to get out by, there is an answer for it. It did not cause it, but it sure will resurrect it, and his name is Jesus. If I preach to anybody tonight, these are our principles. Just because we're going through a prison day or a prison season doesn't mean that you and I aren't still called to walk it out. To walk out that resurrection life that Jesus Christ went to the cross for us to have. If it's already available to us, why would we draw back from it when we feel the walls closing in? Why would we draw back from it when we feel our marriage on the rocks? Why would we draw back from it when we fear fear and we feel fear and anxiety and worry and depression crippling us? When we have the memories of the trauma, what was done to us, when we have these things happening to us, why would we draw back with resurrection life? A new creation life is available to us. I know there's an answer. I know there's an answer. For you and I. Much like Paul and Silas, it is midnight hour. It is the darkest that it's ever been. It is the blackest out. The silence is deafening. You don't hear anything. The inmates around you, the people around you are asleep in their cells. And there you are thrown in to this darkness that you did not ask for, that you did not project that you were being. It is people sitting in the people who can't escape. You're going to touch each Maybe it's relationship with your family that is so blown apart that you have no idea how they ever come to talk together. Maybe you can be in prison with your father and mom and the church for a year. If you can your way, you can get out of your prison for an hour, for a moment, is through some street pharmaceuticals. 
literal, spiritual, financial, emotional. It doesn't matter. This is how you fight your battles, and this is the resurrection of life. And friends, let me tell you this. They didn't worship him so the chains would fall off. They didn't worship him so that the doors would fly open. They didn't worship him so that their neighbors would be liberated in this moment, so the whole household would be saved in this moment. They worshiped him simply because he is good. And friends, can I tell you this? But if we are faithful to God in the prison season, he's going to be faithful to us in the prison season. That's huge. So many of us, we don't want to identify with that. And we want it nice. We want it wrapped up in a nice little deep Christian box where everything works out good for us all the time, but it doesn't work out good for us all the time. We need breakthrough. There are going to be moments where we need some chains to fall back off. There are going to be moments where we need some doors to open. There are going to be moments where we, even as Jesus followers, feel like the enemy has come visiting our home. Wrecking our lives and started messing with my marriage, started messing with my kids, started messing with my finances, started messing with my spiritual life, started messing with my home. There's been times God is saying, Worship me for who I am. I have never failed you, and I'm not going to start now. In fact, I have never failed anybody, and I'm not going to start with you. This is our God. For some of us, I read this fear of the spirit of prophecy. So what is it, God? This is how I fight my battles. 
that they begin to sing, and they begin to worship, as they begin to lift up the name of Jesus. How many of you know tonight those doors had to open at the mention of his name? How many of you know that those chains had to fall at the mention of his name? How many of you know that? The darkness, it has to go. It has no place. There is another with you in the middle of your furnace, in the middle of your prison. There is God with you in the middle of the heat. And he is saying, mention my name and watch what I'll do. Be faithful to me and watch what I'll do because I've been good to you this far and I won't leave you now. Amen? Yeah. This is our God. I believe it's called every single word of the In our prison life, this is who things are going good, things are going our way. We're finding extreme failure that also comes from heaven. Resurrection life is this Resurrection life is when you feel defeated, which you want to do. Resurrection life is when you feel out of a new boss, and you don't know what to do at a crossroad of life where you have zero direction. Resurrection life is available to you. You are still called in that moment to walk it out. Paul and Silas, but they begin to walk out and know that prison. They start lifting their hand, they start shouting, they see doors break, they see chains begin to fall, they see liberation just come, not to just their jail cell, no, 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 but to the prisons around everybody else, and the pressure in the prison has to go. The spirits that have come to hell to, from hell to torment, they have to go. The chains that are around their feet put on them by jailers because they didn't like them because of the color of their skin or what their history or background is, they have to go. The doors had to fly open as they flew open. What ends up happening? Paul and Silas, they decided they were going to stick around wrong. Finish strong. Do it honorably. Because the jailer, he ends up drawing his sword. He's about to kill himself. Did you imagine? Oh my gosh. A move of God happens. Cell doors break open. People are singing the name of Jesus. You're in Rome. We don't even believe that here. And you're seeing a miracle happen in front of you. You are seeing a prisoner want to get out because everything just broke. You hear his shackles fall to the floor. And this guy decides to draw his sword. Where we feel like everything is above our head or recognize that it's still under his feet. When 
we begin to walk out the resurrection life in the middle of our prison seasons, there are people around us and they are onlookers and they are stalkers and they are strangers and they are taking notice of what you and I are doing in the middle of our prison seasons and how we fight our battles. What a one. Because much like this jailer, he sees this heaven, he sees this miracle. It makes zero sense to him. How can you worship when cancers come to your home? How can you worship when your kids don't want to love the Lord? How can you worship when a spiritual person fails you? How can you worship when you lost a job? How can you worship when you didn't get the promotion? How can you worship when everything's closing in on you? How can you worship? How can you go to church? Does that happen to you? What I've got to do today. You're able to worship in here. It's lights out. It's cold. It's dark. You were arrested because you freed some girl from demon possession and slavery. And you're in here without actual probable cause. And you're in here. How do you have that faith? How can you sing? How can you lift your head? How can you break some chains? How does this happen? Tell me what I got to do to be saved and what ends up happening to you. What wasn't God's rejection it was protection. It wasn't necessarily Paul's spouse's protection. It was his jailer's protection. It was his kid's protection. It was his wife's protection. It was his household's protection. It was protection from a life far from God. It was protection from the reality of an afterlife far from God. It was protection. It was rejection of the world, but it was protection from God, from the jailer and his wife and his kids. Who says that Paul and Silas, they had gone home with that they baptize him, but he washes his feet. He cleans his wounds. His whole family is saved. This is not the best news tonight, church. I believe that when we get this revelation on the inside of us, we're going to begin to walk this thing out a little bit different. We're going to have some swagger when we're in prison, and we shouldn't. When we're going through, when it doesn't make any sense, you know what? We're going to have that attitude. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. Nah. Car broke down. Didn't get the house. Wifey, we got to be on the rocks right now, but we're going to worship our way through it. We're going to worship on the rocks. We're going to worship through the financial loss, and we are going to see our God come through time and time again because church again, when the devil meant to make you, God will use to glorify his name in Jesus' name. Amen? Yeah. Worship team, we get away, make your way back up here. Whew. This is helping anybody. Just a minute, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians. We'll be up on the screen just a We're more than just a hype church. We're more than just a hype worship says. Cool clothing. Loud messages. 
what Jesus Christ went through, his reality, his assignment for 33 years of his life, that reality that we live in, it's more than just a book. It's more than just something we believe. It is something that you and I can experience. At this church, it is more than just hype. It is a reality that we choose to enter into and walk into and walk out. In season and out of season, in prison and out of prison. That is a reality we choose to look at life through, that we choose to walk out life through, that we choose to exist in. It is not ignoring what's wrong in our lives. It is not saying this isn't really happening, I'm not really sick. It's not pushing it off and ignoring it. It is acknowledging that sickness doesn't have the last word. It's acknowledging that the grave of Jesus Christ didn't have the last word. It's acknowledging that the loss that we're feeling and the pressure that we're going through doesn't have the last word. It's acknowledging that the fight we find ourselves in doesn't have the last word, but the last word belongs to our God. See, church, last week we preached as it's called, Thank God, though. And Paul, Apostle Paul, said, God, we're reading about right now. He was writing to the church of Corinth. We talked about the church that was doing such good stuff. As you're doing good stuff, they grew so much. They broke this place. They broke this part of God. Healthy things grow. It's good. But as they grow, they began to make bad decisions and they allowed a lot of other things into the house. So the church went from being a freedom house to a house of bondage. And as it did, Paul began to believe no, no, This isn't what Jesus went to the Christ for. It's what he went to the cross for. You're letting the devil in the grave. You're letting the devil in the pulpit. You're letting the devil whisper in your ear. You're letting the world invent. You're letting culture dictate. You're letting things change. You are bending with the world, not leaving the world bent to the world. So in the same, in the same book, you can see Paul pleading with the church of Corinthians. He says this, 15, 54 through 55. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written. 